Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode, Seeker. I am so excited that you are here today. Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. My name is Talia Joy, and we have a very special episode for you today. So many gold nuggets. I am so glad that you are here. Today, I'm sitting down with Jean Atman, and Jean is a self-mastery mentor and energy medicine specialist. And Oh my goodness, you guys, the way that Jean describes manifestation and change is just so powerful. Also very simple, yet deep and high level. You're going to want to take notes. You're probably going to want to listen to this more than once. We have so many incredible conversations in this episode about moving forward. And Jean is really passionate about helping women to build confidence, to go after their dreams. So she really focuses on helping women to empower and heal past pain so that they can move into their future with confidence and clarity and manifestation and ease. So I just know you're going to love everything that she has to talk about today. We talk a lot about how to move through the struggle, how to move past and pivot through negative thoughts and really just manifest more magic and manifest more ease into your life. So make sure to check the show notes. I'm going to put all her links below, including a free training on how to move through limiting beliefs. I know you're going to love this episode. And if you do take a screenshot of you listening to it and head over to Instagram and tag us in your IG story, share it with someone you love because there's so much gold and power packed into this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Jean onto the show. Hey, Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here, and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia, and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hello, Jean. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's exciting to be here with you. It's going to be so good (laughs) in just our conversation before hitting record as you just said, we should be recording this. This is going to be so good. You guys, I'm really, really excited that you're here today listening to this episode. And why don't you start Jean by just letting us know a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, thank you. Um, I, it's taken me a little bit of time to sort of frame (laughs) what I do just because it seems so vast sometimes. Um, And in simplest form, I help people move through um, a traumatic or painful or limiting past and help them move into a better, more productive, conscious future. And how I do that is through deep energy clearing, a lot of belief sculpting, sort of taking all the pieces of self that are causing challenge or struggle and helping to clear that stuff up, clean it up a little bit and redirect into a better feeling state of being. Mm, I love that. It kind of 
taps for me on something I call power leaks. And it's kind of like in our life, we have all these little power leaks and they're those self-limiting things that, as you said, are usually from the past and they're stopping us from moving forward. And um, when you clear, oh my goodness, and I want to hear about how you see people change and how it's changed in your own life, but clearing these things is so powerful. So I love that that's what you're doing and how you're helping people. How did you get into this? How did this all start? Yeah, that's, um, it's kind of starts when it started when I was born into this incarnation, I've always been a really sensitive kid. And for a long time, you know, for other sensitive and empathic type people, you tend to kind of shut down a little bit when you're young, just because not everyone seems to be the same. (laughs) So growing up seeing earthbounds in my house and being touched by things that didn't exist here in the physical realm and having interactions with outer dimensions when I was a child, it kind of scared me a little bit and no one else around me sort of believed in that stuff. So I found that I, I remember repeating this when I was little, I don't care if you're here. I just don't want to see you. I don't care if you're here. I just don't want to see you because I felt like if I challenged their presence, that bad things would happen to me or something would, you know, would happen that I wouldn't know how to manage. So I was like, I'm okay if you're here. And I, sh- I shut my sight down. And then throughout my teenage years, I was just extremely restless and kind of reckless um, with just not feeling like I was honoring my authentic self, trying to fit into a world that just didn't seem to resonate with who I was. Um, And I've always been a really compassionate person, very supportive person. I was always the one that takes care of people at a party. I'm the last one up making sure everybody's okay. Everybody's content, you know, and kind of the mom figure of the group. Um, So I've always had this natural instinct to care for people and to help people sort of up level. And it was just such a natural state of being for me. It just turned into what I did for a career and my life path and purpose here. And my work has evolved with me. The more I learned about myself, you know, in my own personal evolution, that also really affected my work and the depth. I was able to access within my work. So for many years, when I was focusing on people that just didn't want to be helped, who were kicking and screaming, wanting to stay stuck, and I was, you know, expending so much energy and effort trying to help those people, I felt really depleted and away from myself. And when I finally came into a state of recognizing you can only help people who want the help, who are ready for the help, everything shifted. And that first started within recognizing that within myself, that I needed to focus there and really kind of take a deep soul dive into my own stuff. And then I instantly started drawing in others who were also ready to take that that deep soul dive. So it was just a beautiful evolution, which led me into doing what I'm doing now. Mm, That's amazing. That's such a beautiful a beautiful sort of scene because I believe that that's what all of this is our soul's calling and our purpose and you know our our deep purpose but then also like the job we want to do or how we would like to help people the sort of human journey as to how we take that purpose and and help people it is a natural progression right it's an uncovering it's an unlayering so did you then go through your own healing because you know generally we don't just sort of struggle as a kid and then pop into helping people like I'm guessing there was some messy bits some healing in your journey what was what was that like oh absolutely um (laughs) that well and to kind of frame childhood I grew up in a really toxic environment with narcissistic and sociopathic personality types and so being a sensitive child in an environment like that was really challenging 
And for many, you know, years, especially my teenage years, I wondered what the purpose of life even was. The world just felt really cruel. And what I found was those belief systems that were sort of plugged in when I was little that, you know, there is no one here to protect you. Everyone is cruel. Those belief systems continued into my adulthood. And I found myself drawing in a lot of narcissistic relationships. And so finally, after my marriage ended, I was out into the dating world again. I dated this man extremely. I would consider him a, a narcissistic psychic vampire, just really intentionally dark and intentionally siphoning my energy and left me to this point where I was just completely depleted. I could barely stand on my own. I was financially depleted, emotionally depleted, mentally depleted, just really spent. And I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> what, what, what am I, you know, kind of inviting into my experience here and how can I not do that again? And so, because I was so beat up and I'm the type that, you know, when something happens, you get up, you brush yourself off, you keep going. You don't give it a second thought. I don't have time for that. I got to keep going. I'm on a mission. I have to save the world. <laughs> you know, all these things that we believe with our egos. Um, I don't have time to, to take that, that, that space to heal myself until it got to a point where I just had nothing left to give. And it finally dawned on me, I need to focus within. I really need to see what's happening inside and um, start to take care of myself. And when I couldn't focus on other people <laughs> was the first time in my life that I learned I have to focus here. But I definitely had to get into crisis mode before that revelation came to me because I just wasn't ready to see it yet or in resistance to seeing it. Um, but when I did, life changed, everything changed. And I spent probably a good, I don't know, year and a half, almost two years, just deeply immersed in my own stuff. And, you know, looking inside and saying, what did I do to draw this in? What are my belief systems? Challenging every single belief system that landed me in that place because I was committed to myself. I will never do that again. And I want to know every single intricate and intimate part of that. So I never welcome that in. <laughs> so that was, it was my greatest teacher for sure. He was my greatest teacher. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting with the, like, you know, what did I do to cause this? Because I, I believe that we shouldn't really spend a ton of time in that. Mm -hmm. However, at the beginning when you're struggling and it's like, what's wrong with me, or it's this person's fault. Or for me, it was just so easy to blame everything on my mom. Like I had, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have this or I didn't have that and you know, whatever else. And when I started getting honest and like, wait a minute, I've created this. There is yeah. such a powerful turning point um, that happens. I've seen it with so many clients, with myself. And I think that's responsibility, right? All of a sudden realizing I did this. And that was a really big one in the eating disorder for me because that was something that was really big that I was just convinced was whoever else's fault. It was the media, you know, at the time when they were really glorifying really skinny celebrities. And I was just being sort of, you know, fed by that. And then it was my mom and then it was this and that bully I had, and it was just everyone else's fault. And when I realized like these things happened, but I was the one that chose to believe it and continue reinforcing it and continue saying I'm unworthy or I'm fat or I'm this, or I'm that in my mind, that was, it was a little bit intense and like, oh, what? You know, it's so much better to blame other people, but it quickly turned into power. Cause it was like, wait a minute. 
you know, I, I still thought I was unworthy, but I thought, wait a minute, if I change that dialogue, then I have the power to change it too. So it's one of those, like the hardest thing, but also the most empowering thing to realize that you did create this. Mm -hmm. And I love that too, because it is almost, you know, fear of how powerful we are can surface. And when we take responsibility for that and we recognize we have the power to change all of that, it's mind blowing. <laughs> and another part of that was, you know, there was a lot of cruelty around me in my entire life up until that point. And recognizing that I was sort of victimized to get into the wound, the depth of that wound so I could heal at that depth was really powerful. And it wasn't like I was in a victim role, but just recognizing like that sucked, <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> I didn't like that, you know, and recognizing the depth of that, because if we're only looking at the surface of things, we're only healing to that level. But if we really get into how deeply that was uncomfortable and painful, then we can start to heal at that place. So that was a really powerful part of things too. And taking responsibility for, you know, like you were saying, the contributions to that in order so you can create something different. And when we, we become conscious creators of our world, we don't ever welcome that sort of experience in anymore. It ceases to exist because we see it coming. Because it's no longer in alignment with who we are, where we're going, what we're focusing on. And so it doesn't even knock at the door anymore. <laughs> it's so beautiful how when you focus on yourself and the healing and where you're going, that other stuff, you don't have to combat it anymore. You don't even have to give it attention anymore. It really just starts to lay down and, and not be a part of your reality, which is such a powerful aspect of healing. Definitely. I completely agree. And I find that, I don't know if I would say for myself that it doesn't knock on the door because there are times when I'm going through, especially if I'm tired, like I have a baby. And so if it's been like, I've been up in the night for a few nights and then I have, you know, thoughts that come in old thoughts about unworthiness or, Oh, what about, you know, fear, but the part, like you're saying it no longer resonates. So I think the big difference is that I just know it's not true. So right. I spend very little to none, no time actually thinking, yeah, I'm unworthy because of whatever it is, right. My body or my bank account or whatever old tricks try to knock, I just go, that's not real anymore, which I know we're going to dive into that too. Like yes. what's actually the truth and not. Um, I just wanted to ask though, before we do, while you were going through that relationship and then after, and it felt like you were kind of broken down and then ended up kind of phoenixing your way out of it, right? <laughs> Emerging from the ashes. Did you, when you were with him and in that time in your life, did you have your psychic gifts or had you still shut them down? Like, I know we always have them, but were you in touch with spirit and source and your truth at all? Or had you shut it down so much that even in that time you weren't accessing your gifts? No, I was totally tapped in, which was the bizarre thing <laughs> because when I first met him, I was getting guidance right away, run, <laughs> run. But I was on this and I, I call it ego mission because ever since I was little, I had this, this feeling that your job is to help. Your job is to help enlighten, to help this ascension process, to help people, to support people, to help the movement into something better. That's your purpose. And it was so strong throughout my entire life. And I've also, ever since I was a little girl, felt this very strong masculine presence 
that is here and it's not here in the physical yet, but I've always feel it in spirit. And so people that I would meet, it was always like, Ooh, is that you? And this man was in the spiritual community and I was thinking, and he seemed to be on a similar mission. So ego kicked in and said, Oh, so we're supposed to do this work together. I have, I have this counterpart now that can come in and help me with this mission to uplevel humanity. And so spirit was saying, no, run, run, run. But I was thinking, but he checks these boxes of, you know, this other powerful person and, and we can, you know, change the world together. Little did I know he was working for the opposite side (laughs) for the dark. And it was interesting because my youngest, she, both my girls are very, very gifted. And my little one is a seer. And she says, mommy, I see zombies all around him. So she could see the dark all around him. And my perspective is always to see the light in people and anything that is dark, it's just a shadow part of something that's needing nurturing, needing healing, you know, and recognizing that it exists there. It's true. Um, but then deciding what you want to do with it. But he was choosing that for himself, which I didn't know until later after I ended things with him. But she saw these things. And I thought, well, maybe we're just meant to help enlighten him and help him move through this and blah, 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 the, the savior, the helper, all that, you know, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all that stuff, you know, so you get the, the overgiver and the narcissist, the and the narcissist, perfect combination, perfect complement. Um, so it was a really interesting, um, you know, kind of perspective and walking through that. Mm, yeah, it's so interesting, right? Because we talk, I'll talk to people, have conversations about, yeah, for years, my gifts were shut down. Other times, like mm-hmm. yourself, it's like, no, no, they were there. I just didn't listen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Both are equally as real. Like, it's just, I've been there where everything in me is saying no. And even through my darkest days, I had this like thread of truth where like, I knew what I needed to do, which for me was focus on like the deepest self-love I could like beyond a bubble bath. It was like, you got to love yourself, like Mm -hmm. get obsessed with yourself and all this stuff will heal. But I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I felt like the other stuff was truth is that I was unworthy and I needed to control and I needed to be a certain thing. So yeah, it's, it's very relatable. That's for sure. We've all Mm -hmm. had times, um, and a lot in relationships too, where, you know, deep down, but that part of you that is that pleaser, that helper, that nurturer. And as you said, it's hard to make sense sometimes of like, yes, sweetie, they have darkness, but so do all of us. Maybe we're just here to infuse light. It's, it's kind of like spiritual bypassing, but you, in the, in the moment, how do you decide? Like you want to help. You just when in doubt, just help and, and believe that someone can heal and that they're good. But I'm grateful that you eventually <laughs> realized what was happening and moved out of that. Cause it does sound, as you said, that it was such a big teaching time in your life mm-hmm. for you. For sure. And I think that that is something that we need to walk through as really listening to the intuitive process versus the ego mind and what you think things should be in, or if they, if you're trying to make them fit into something, because I learned um, clearly the hard way (laughs) through that one, um, that when you don't listen to your, your gut, you don't listen to that guidance system and your intuition, it lands you in lessons that are definitely life-changing lessons, but do we need to walk through that much dark in order to see? You know, so the answer is no, we can do this the hard way. We can do this the easy way, whatever, whichever way we choose, 
it will dictate the trajectory of where we're going next, you know, but I think the lessons that we sign up for in this lifetime, we're going to learn them and we just get to choose in which way we do that, which capacity. So the more you can just trust yourself. And many times I find that when intuition kicks in, it doesn't necessarily make sense logically. So the mental body wants to form structure around all these things to say, well, this makes sense because, and we justify and all these things that we tend to do, but intuition is still saying hard pass. <laughs> Absolutely not. So if you listen to that and trust that even without being able to understand why you will eventually understand the why, but if you trust what you feel and move, then all of a sudden you start to learn, oh, that worked. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep trusting. And that is the most simple way to live life is to just trust yourself and move in the direction that feels best because you will always be led to where you go, where you need to go when you follow that path. Mm, totally. And there's so many reasons to not trust the intuition, like in our busy mind, like you said, it makes no sense. And also it, it can get confusing. And when I teach intuitive development, I teach about something that I call the ego in the highest self suit. Mm. So it's like the, the wolf in sheep's clothing, right? It's like, it seems like it's in my best interest. So one example I use that pretty much everyone can relate to is like, I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. Today I'm going to go for a run. This is, it. it's going to be so good. Wait, it's raining. And then you hear your ego go, you shouldn't go for a run in the rain. You're going to get your new <laughs> shoes dirty. You're going to get all wet. Like, nah, you should probably stay in. You might get a cold even. And then you go, oh yeah, you're right. It's like, it seems like it's in your best interest. Like hang out a while more and save them, right? Like that yeah. is like, it, it's preventing you from listening to that intuition yet. It's not always screaming loud. You're going to fail. Like we're used to thinking the ego is, which it's that mm -hmm. too but it's really sneaky sometimes. So I love that you're talking about that and really knowing that like that intuition, when you listen to it, it'll always guide you to the best place. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you teach people or recommend people to find the truth? You know, like that's a, a big part of what we're talking about today is like breaking through the illusion and finding the truth. So mm -hmm. how do we find that in a situation where we might be sitting there going like, I don't know what to do, or I don't know if they're good for me. I don't know if I should go back to school. I don't know if I should do, you know, how do, how do you teach that and talk about mm -hmm. that? I, I read emotional energy for a living. Um, and to me, emotions are everything because how you feel will always give you the information that you need. So a lot of times people shut down to their feelings due to meeting other people's expectations or obligations or things that were taught. You know, if you're hungry, you need to wait until it's lunchtime. If you have to go to the bathroom or wait, we're, all, we're almost home. You know, it's like we, we're really been taught and trained to neglect and ignore how we feel. So the first uh, thing is to really get in touch with how you feel and allow those feelings, no matter if they're messy or feel ugly or feel bright and beautiful, whatever they are, to start honoring those feelings because they will always offer you the information that you need. And when you start to feel those, those aspects of self and follow in that direction, it really cleans things up in such a beautiful way. And I use the aspect of struggle a lot in my life and in my teachings. And if you're in struggle, that's clear that something is not aligned. 
So recognize when something doesn't feel good, recognize when there's discomfort around you and you can choose to stay there or you can choose not to. I went to a seminar years ago and, and he said, um, it was most one really, really profound. It was David Bayer. And he said, there's two states of being a beautiful state or a suffering state. And each one is a choice. And so if you're in a state of suffering, it's a choice to stay there, but you don't have to, you can choose something better. So that's the first kind of aspect is recognizing that you're in the struggle, recognizing your suffering and remembering that you have the power to choose something different. Mm, just love that. That's truth right there. Everyone go back about a minute and listen to that again. <laughs> It is so true. Yeah. There was another aspect that that was kind of a mind-blowing time for me. Um, I had a friend of mine long before I was kind of learning about frequency and vibration. And she's, your vibration's all over the place. And I said, what does that even mean? <laughs> what, what is that? She's like, you're really high, then you're really crashing. And and I was in kind of a, one of the down spirals and I was meditating and I said, why am I here again? Why are we going through this again? This, this lack, this loss, this frustration, the struggle, whatever. And guidance came through and they said, well, you created this three weeks ago. And I was like, what? <laughs> so when I was in a down spiral three weeks ago, why am I here again? Why am I here again? Why are we here again? You're actually creating that another wave of that happening in the future. So I thought, well, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. So I decided instead of, you know, down spiraling and marinating and all the things that aren't working, I thought I'm not going to going to create another cycle of this. Instead, I'm going to pull myself out of that in whatever way possible, refocus on what is actually in my potential and purposeful. And instead of doing the roller coaster, you just start to do a, a gentle and easy climb from that point forward, because you're no longer entertaining the things that don't feel good. And I always encourage people to really get in touch with their emotions. Don't spiritually bypass those emotions, feel them, but don't attach to all the things that are attached to those emotions. Mm -hmm. So this person did something to me that made me feel this way and blah, blah, blah. Scrap all the details. Just come into how you're feeling. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling betrayed. I'm feeling hurt. Whatever that is, let it, let yourself feel it, let it flow outwards and then move on. But if you focus on the energy of the emotion, as opposed to the attached details, that's the, the kind of the change or the pivotal point in helping yourself to move forward or staying stuck. And not only staying stuck, but replicating another version of that in the future. So all of this is choice, right? And we know that as we get more clear of that, we have choice, we can start to choose something better for ourselves. And we talked before we kind of jumped in about the difference between, you know, this illusionary world that we're living in and the 3D and the density that exists here and being able to move up into a higher vibration and frequency of living. And what I find is I almost, I like to call it opposite day <laughs> because I do find that a lot of things that are happening in this perception of reality or this perceived reality are not actually true. So we talked about worthiness. You know, a lot of us are born into this world with parents that are busy doing things or they've got their own stuff going on. And so we start to take on these belief systems that we're not worthy of love, we're not worthy of attention. And these things stick within our subconscious minds and they play out throughout our lives. But when you can start to see who you are at your innate, at your true essence, which is 
we are worthy of everything. We are magnificent beings. We, everything we desire, we're meant to have. When you can start to get into that frequency and that vibration, and you realize that all of this old programming is just an illusion, and you start living into the potential, it literally can be life-changing. We don't need to stay in this density anymore, especially now that we're in this process of ascension. We're being nudged and almost shoved <laughs> into a better way of being because we're primed for it right now. We're ready for it right now. And a lot of people are in the mess and they're thinking, well, in order to be spiritual, I have to be positive all the time. I call BS on that. We do not need to be positive all the time. You can be moving through the, this really messy, messy part of your development or your past or something that was really uncomfortable and what keeps you optimistic about that is knowing that that depth of work and discomfort is purposeful. It's temporary. It's not someplace where you need to stay. So even when you're moving through something really heavy and, and painful and cathartic, you can still feel light about it because you know you're moving in a direction that's helping you to heal. As opposed to focusing on, why am I here? This part sucks. I hate life. You know, all those things. So it's that slight perception shift, like, whoo, this is intense right now, but I know I'm moving into a better place and I can be okay within this discomfort. Because I used to teach a class called how to, how to embrace discomfort to alleviate suffering. Because when we can go through those temporary moments of discomfort, we really do alleviate all the layers of density that we tend to carry with us. I love, there's so much there that is so beautiful. And I love that you perfectly illustrate the delicate, not even delicate, beautiful balance, right? Of really embracing this journey, not focusing on the crap we don't want, but also not bypassing it either. You know, I, not that long ago, I had to look up spiritual bypassing because I kept hearing people talking about it. I'm like, what are they talking about? And as I started looking into it, and then seeing it and just allowing it to kind of get in for anyone listening, that's not aware. It's like when we try to bypass hard things or tough things by just trying to be positive by just, Oh, well, I guess this is all on purpose or, you know, it's all for a reason, but we don't believe it. We're just trying to bypass the hard things. So I love what you say about in Esther Hicks talks about going general, right? Which is what you say, like scrap all the details. And instead of going, he's a jerk because of this, and this might happen and that might happen. It's just, Today, I'm frustrated. Today, I'm overwhelmed and breathing into that. And I love that when you, how you're saying, when you become present to the truth of like, this must mean I'm up leveling. This must mean like, it's a continuum. I know I'm going somewhere good. I must've needed this in some way or to shed this or just even simply breathing through it, knowing it'll pass. It's so powerful, but it is so true that if you meet it, even just with breath, even just with grace, have a nap instead of continuing to reinforce it or go out in nature and just breathe and go, okay, this is a tough day, but I'm moving through or I will move through it. There's always a huge reward, whether it's a emotional state reward, or you get an unexpected check or something comes through that was having so much resistance. There is always a reward. So I love that you're saying that it's so important for us to know, especially now with how we are. Time seems to be speeding up and moving more quickly and literally asking you shall receive is what's happening <laughs> right now. So if you're focusing on what's not working, that's going to come in like a tsunami wave 
by the same token, if you're focusing on what is working, that will happen too. We really are coming into a time and space where we can create anything we want. So be careful what you wish for <laughs> nowadays, because what you're focusing on really does come into fruition much more quickly and easily now more than ever, which is really good news if you can be a really conscious creator, <laughs> but if you catch yourself going, Ooh, I didn't like that experience, check yourself and see where is the focus been. So just taking that again as information, like, mm, I'm going to stop doing that. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to experience that anymore, but yeah, we do need those checks and balances. Um, and when you start to really learn, Oh, you know, it's, it's kind of like people always ask, what do I pay attention to? And what do I not? Cause I don't want to spiritually bypass. And then they kind of take it almost into extremes. And I always encourage people to really feel the feelings, but when fears and worries come in, those are the things to distract your thoughts by, because we don't want to engage with those types of energies. So if you catch yourself in financial lack and worry, things like that, this bill comes in, it's so easy to go into this energetic contraction within those fears and worries. And then when you hold that frequency, all of a sudden you become a magnet for everything else that, that creates worry that compounds on top of that, right? It's so uncomfortable. So when you can recognize that coming in and stop that before it lands, you know, and it does take mindfulness and a dedication to that mindfulness to say, Ooh, that just really, I could feel that tension and the contraction of my chest. And I'm just going to breathe through it. And I'm going to instead focus on, Nope, I'm always okay. I'm always supported by the universe and start to, you know, just receive a higher frequency, higher vibrational mantras and emotions that support that mantra and really embody that just to get yourself out of that situation. Because now more than ever, we are able to create <laughs> good, bad, the ugly. <laughs> yep. Sometimes a mentor, uh, someone who is truly helpful, who truly has that perspective can help you to, um, pivot fast. So don't go at this alone. You know, please don't go at this alone. I'd love to hear your take on that as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. There's, there's so many default programs that we fall into. So, and I, I'm such a science nerd too. So I love to study brain chemistry and neuropathways and how the brain works and how it functions, how it shifts things. And, and when you think about how a neuropathway runs, it's a deep groove. And with a particular stimuli lands you into this particular outcome, right? It's sort of that pathway that automatically travels. So if you get a big bill in the mail, your, your default might be going into fear and panic. <laughs> That's the default. But if you start to change that pathway, especially when you're in the midst of the experience itself, you can make the most powerful changes then. You can still make the powerful changes after the fact. And a lot of times I find that when people are starting to make changes, they'll move through the experience in the same way that they always do. And then, they, and then they reflect back and say, oh, I could have done this differently. And maybe I'll try this next time. And it continues to get closer and closer to the experience. And eventually you start to change mid experience. And then eventually you get to seeing it before it's even coming in and you're catching it. But it's, it's a practice, you know, and we're really here as practice. Life is just practice. People get really hung up on, it's gotta be perfect. We have to know what to do. Even though we're doing this for the first time, we have to be masterful or else <laughs> there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves. And if we can remember, it's just practice. And the more I practice it, the better I get. And I might have times when I go into my defaults, that's okay. I'm going to love myself anyways. And I know that now I'm aware and with increased awareness, I'll continue to be able to change it 
better and better the more I do it. And the other thing is really important is to look for the evidence of what's really true or the positive evidence <laughs> that's supporting the, the direction that you'd like to go in, because we tend to focus so much on the evidence of why things can't work, what's not working, all the problems, as opposed to focusing on the solutions and saying, oh, well, I am ultimately supported by the universe. I do have money coming in all the time, as opposed to this one bill comes in and it throws us off our game. <laughs> we down spiral and tailspin, and then we have to recover. If we can catch it earlier and earlier each time, we just get better and better at redirecting. And then when bills come in, it's like, oh, I'm so blessed that this bill is coming in and I know the money is there to pay it. You know, and you just start to practice things like that. In fact, when I was working through some abundance blocks, I got this course and this most amazing um, insight or idea came. And she was talking about angel money. And she says, everything that you pay, you say, thank you, angels, for taking care of that for me. Because usually we tend to think, oh my gosh, if we buy a new refrigerator, that $2,500 is coming out of my pocket. And then it's like, you see the bank account decreasing and that's what you focus on. So when you buy something, say, thank you, universe, or thank you, angels, for supporting me in this purchase. And it just kind of takes the pressure off of you financially. And I was sharing this idea with a friend of mine over lunch. And um, she's like, oh, my gosh, that's so amazing. I'm going to start practicing that. And then not taking so much responsibility for things you know, that I need to buy that were stressing me out. And literally... Um, this waiter came up and he says, you know, guys finished up. Do you need anything else? And, and we're, you know, you get caught in those kind of time warp conversations where you don't even know if it's like nine hours later, you're still in the same restaurant. Um, we're thinking, oh my gosh, should we overstate our welcome? <laughs> you know? And um, he was just really anxious to kind of get us to leave. And we thought, oh my gosh, we, we better go. And we said, yeah, yeah, we're ready. And he said, oh, okay, we've been so excited. We wanted to tell you that you've been chosen to get a free lunch today. It's on us. <laughs> and literally this was the same conversation when I was saying, thank you, angels for providing everything. And it was instant manifestation into a free lunch. And she's like, oh my, I can't believe that just happened. And it's like, when you can claim this experience for yourself and you create things, it's really fun to play with that co-creation of the universe, because we have all this at our fingertips that we just are so used to living in limitation that we forget that it's accessible to us. So play, and it's not needing to be perfect or needing to be masterful. It's literally just playing, taking this world as a playground. And what do I feel like doing? And what can I create over here? And how can we enhance this experience and just kind of see what happens? And when you start to take it on with so much less pressure, you're already in that, that kind of vibrancy and color and frequency of creation. It's much easier to create from that place anyways, <laughs> as opposed to a compressed version. So I always encourage that. <laughs> That's really fun. I, I absolutely love that. Um, and it just shows the power of how quickly things can turn around. And I believe that I almost feel like the more, um, you, it's like the deeper you pivot, the bigger, the reward in some ways, right? Like when I was all about the bills and then she had me fully believe like, yeah, money comes all the time. Unexpected. Actually, I forget about something. I get a payment. Like that's actually usually how it happens then it just did it instantly. But if I was sitting there going, yeah, money comes unexpectedly, but I really didn't believe it. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think that um, that instant manifestation would have happened that quickly. And there's no way to prove this or that. But I do know from experience is mm-hmm. the times I kind of begrudgingly just try to say the positive thing. It doesn't work. But when I truly shift my vibration and really mm-hmm. realize the truth of the situation and, and stop feeding the lies, it always flips quickly. So it's it's pretty magical. I love that you teach that. And, and I'm going to try that. <laughs> <laughs> you angels because there's some things even right now I'm calling in like we just moved and our house is we bought a home that's just gorgeous and it's much bigger and so we decided to leave our old ratty couch take it to the dump instead of moving it here and so there's things like that we need and I've been looking for a couch and right now we just have like two chairs but we're a family of five so we've gathered the bean bag and the and the, the cushions and you know I'm just like this we need a couch and so I keep looking on Craigslist or the brick or we're like there's looking everywhere and so now what I'm going to try is thank you angels for bringing the perfect couch into our experience <laughs> it's going to serve right. our and see about what you really love too, because the thing that brings you joy is going to be supported. And it's so funny because <laughs> what we tend to do is we're like, well, you know, we should be thrifty or we should do this and this one will be okay. But it's like, if you, and I'm not advocating going out and, you know, racking up credit card bills and things like that, but really making mindful purchases of really meaningful things to you. But if you, if you, you know, engage with that thing and know that it's supported, all of a sudden you start to bust through those abundance blocks because you realize I did that and it brought me joy, which then raised my frequency, which then created more opportunity for other things to come in. So surrounding yourself with things that bring joy will bring you more abundance. <laughs> so if you buy a crappy couch, you're like, yeah, it'll do. And you know, it's, it's like, it carries a different vibration than something that every time you walk in the room and go, oh, I freaking love that couch. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Whatever I see it, whatever I sit in it, you're golden then because you're already creating an environment of something that you feel really good and vital within. So I am always an advocate of going for the things that you love. And even as you're purging through your house, do I love it or need it? If it doesn't meet one of those qualities, toss it, get rid of it, good, goodwill, donate it, whatever you want. But things that are around you should just light you up. And the more that you can have things surrounding you that do that, it just, it's almost like you just set the stage for always being in a, in a better frequency in a better place. And, and those people that are kind of finding themselves in the struggle right now and not seeing that reality playing out or feeling like I'm just caught in this place and I just feel so desperate to get out, but I just don't know what to do we might not be able to change our environment or our our current reality like that, but you can change how you feel. And the more frequently you change how you feel, the more that will start to catch up in your reality. And because we live in in a density, it takes a little bit of time for this turnover to happen here in this dimension. But as long as you, and the more consistently you maintain your frequency, your emotions and your energy, the more quickly your experience here will also match that. So even if you're in a place that doesn't feel good, keep thinking, what can I focus on that does feel good? What can I focus on that helps me to feel better? What can I be grateful for? What do I feel blessed with? And sit and marinate in that and see what kinds of opportunities start to open. Because for me, everything is frequency. And I loved how you talked about too, where you can say something, but if you don't believe it, it doesn't change. Because it's in the, it's in the thought form, it's in the ethers. It's not being embodied, but when you embody that and you shift and you turn over that frequency, that's where you start to engage at a whole different level. But a lot of times people are so uncomfortable and, and 
repeatedly in that state that they forget that there's something better that can even exist for them. You know, and even, and I love listening to Esther Hicks and Abraham because I think it was actually Jerry who said, wouldn't it be nice if, so even if we're having trouble accessing a particular feeling, like, like we are completely abundant and supported hundred percent by the universe. If we don't believe that it's hard to align with that. But he said, wouldn't it be nice if, wouldn't it be nice if we had all of our bills paid? Wouldn't it be nice if we, you know, lived on the beach, get our toes in the sand every day? Wouldn't it be nice if, and it's like, ah, oh, it kind of softens the experience around that a little bit. And you can much more easily kind of align with that and invite it in when you're not trying to attach to something that doesn't feel true yet. So I kind of encourage people to do that as a little segue into creating. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. And I, I say that, except I just say, wouldn't it be fun if, and I've been mm. doing that a lot lately, like even just going to the grocery store, like, wouldn't it be fun if pretty much everything I needed was on sale or wouldn't it be fun if I got in and out in half an hour and really did end up being on time or whatever it is, whatever I'm stressing about, wouldn't it be fun though, if traffic was fine and everything worked out and, you know, so not always just the big things, wouldn't it be fun if I had a million dollars, I actually use it all the time on the little things, which is also what you're saying. Like, just wouldn't it be fun if, right? Wouldn't it be fun if we went to Hawaii this year and did this and this, or wouldn't it be fun if the kids got along today, <laughs> if the sisters chose to get along? <laughs> I love that even more. I might have to steal that from you. Wouldn't it be fun if, because that adds so much more play to it too. It makes it fun. <laughs> it yeah. makes it more vital. I love that. <laughs> and I think my, um, my ego wants like it sometimes it I mean everybody's does but it fights hard I believe that I'm here to be because I'm here to help other people on their path I really truly believe and I've been hearing this lately from my guides is like I'm not here to just manifest random things I'm here for like soul ascension so yes I'll get to manifest all the things but I'm actually here to alchemize to transform myself and then others so I find sometimes my ego just really holds on because I kind of feel like I'm here for the gnarly drag me through the mud journey so that I can truly you know move through and gather what I need to gather for myself and other people but um when I hear like wouldn't it be nice I kind of want to be like yeah it would be nice but that's not what you know so to me fun just yeah. like takes out my brain going like yeah it'd sure be nice to have a million dollars but you know when I say wouldn't mm -hmm. it be fun my my brain doesn't do that I don't know why it just yeah goes, yeah that would be fun <laughs> yep finding that that perfect sort of um frequency of what you want, what resonates with you, I think is so important when you're dealing with things like that, because you have to find something that resonates with your own level of truth. And I hear you with, you know, how I've been commenting that myself personally with how ego comes in. And it's like, you're on this mission to save humanity. And when I say it out loud, it always sounds so ridiculous because I'm like, who believes that? <laughs> and why would we want to? It's such a big job. <laughs> like, why are we, why do we feel like we had to sign up for that? But and I think that when, you know, and for me, ego isn't about this inflated state of being. It's about kind of what keeps you small. And I think that when we're focusing on saving everyone, saving humanity, we're also focusing on those people who aren't maybe on the fast track to ascension, right? So we're focusing on people who are kicking and screaming and in resistance and sort of wanting to stay stuck. So if we instead kind of shift into our truth, 
which is we know that we personally are meant to ascend. We know that energetically, as we give ourselves permission to do that, we also invite others to do the same. We know that as we help those who are ready for the help, we can all move forward together more peacefully, more effortlessly. We know these things, but ego comes in and says, no man left behind. <laughs> you got to bring everybody. <laughs> no man left. And so when we can really get clear and, and see the truth of it, which is we are not meant to stay in suffering. We are not meant to, to stay in a density, in a dimension that no longer resonates with us, where we even kind of building an intolerance to it. Like, I don't know if you experience that or not, but it feels really intolerable to be in the old density and in the old ways of being that we know just aren't part of our truth. Have you experienced that as well? Definitely. It it's hard to put into words because it feels like my soul is cringing. Not that it actually is because there's no judgment or wrong, but it's like my constricted. It's like my soul when I'm in that sort of, we'll just say it like wrong vibration or something that doesn't that thought that, you know, like the, a course in miracles. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they do say there's right thought and wrong thought. And so in that case, it actually resonates with me. Like you've believed a wrong thought, whereas generally in life, I don't really say right and wrong, but when I have gotten into that loop of something that is not right, it's not true. It, it is like my soul feels I don't know, like it can't breathe or constricted or something. And that's sort of the best way I can describe what you're saying is that like, it just feels off. It feels disconnected. It's resistance. It's like, ugh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. And a friend of mine, a long time ago, she gave me this analogy, which I just thought was such a beautiful one. And she said, think of this as everybody has these ladders, right? And your job is to climb the ladder to the next level. And what you've been doing is you've been climbing back down and throwing everybody over your shoulders and trying to climb up with these people. They keep falling off because they don't want to come up yet. <laughs> but instead of trying to do that, just climb and simply invite them up. And I was like, oh, you can do that. <laughs> and it just felt so much more light and inviting to me to have that freedom where I don't feel like I have to stay down with all these people who might not be ready to move yet. And it also taught me to really honor people in wherever they are in their path. And who am I to think that I know what's best for that person, you know, and really trusting in each person's timing, each person's journey and getting my ego out of the way of thinking you need to help that person because it's like, no, if they want some help, they can ask. And they'll find their sense of empowerment to be able to do that. Until then, they're fine exactly where they are. And I also love the saying that, you know, I want what you want for you. I love that so much because it really kind of alleviates that pressure that we feel that we have to do save people or whatever this crazy mission that we're on. You know, I want what you want for you. If you'd like to stay stuck and, and do that, awesome. I know you're going to learn some amazing lessons there. I'm going to love you from a distance, but I'm going to be over here. I'm going to go over this direction and see what I need to get into over here. You know, but just really trusting everybody in their own journeys without feeling like you need to influence people. And that really can alleviate so much responsibility that we feel for other people too, because I think we take on way more than our share of responsibility. <laughs> We're really ultimately only responsible for ourselves and even deeper, only ultimately responsible for how we feel. Because when we take responsibility for that, everything else solves itself, you know? I love that so much because I feel like in this 
personal development, spiritual development community, especially with online, because everything's got to be quick and you got to get their attention and everything's Instagram stories and everything's like boiled, boiled, boiled way down because typically people don't have a lot of attention span anymore. I feel like people trying to be polarizing, trying to get attention in their business. There's a big thing. And it, it almost like all these different aspects that add to the story of like, everyone should be powerfully choosing everything. If you're stuck, you're choosing to stay stuck and you should not be stuck. Um, and that is so beautiful because even in my first few years of business, I don't know if I looked at it like you should be unstuck, but I felt like I had to save everyone. And if someone wasn't being saved, it was because I wasn't good enough at my job. And what really helped me in that was actually diving into Ainsley McLeod's work with the soul path and the soul progression. And you could find this work other places. That was just the avenue that I found it was that everybody's at a different soul level, not level like good, like you get a, a medal for being a higher level, but literally just age, right? So it's like saying that, you know, if there's a hundred people on a beach of all different ages, it's not like the kid should be an adult. It's not like the kid should know how to drive. The kid is a kid and it's being great at being a kid, whether it's throwing sand or daydreaming for hours, like it's a kid doing kid stuff. And that's the same with our soul age is that there are people that are learning like um, earlier soul lessons. And so sometimes for the older souls, especially middle ground, they kind of get real judgy about like, you should be here and I know what's best for you. And I, you're a mess and you shouldn't be doing that. And then as we ascend, there's still this time where we think everyone should be enlightened or on the path to enlightenment and trying to save someone, trying to push source into someone's life that that's not what they're about right now. And like you said, they're learning their own lessons by being stuck. And you did that too. There was a point where you were too a young soul. That to me really helped because I look at that. And when I have clients that like, oh, my husband doesn't get it. He has no interest in spirituality or this or that. And I just, when I can see with my own gifts that they're just at a different soul level, even for the clients, it's like, oh, fuck, I've been really pretending that he should be doing Gabby Bernstein workshops and he should be reading the books. And maybe he's just not into it because that's not where he needs to be right now. So I, I love that you said that because I think in a lot of different ways, we judge people that aren't enlightened and as woke as we are, or even just struggling. It's like you should powerfully choose something different. Um, but that's not everybody's karma right now. That's not where everyone's at. So I just, I love that you said that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a crazy time that we're in. And I think that as we come into, um, sort of getting to know more about ourselves and our own needs and really moving out of the old paradigm of existence and into the new, there are people who are on a fast track. There are people who are at a snail pace, like wherever anybody is just really honoring self. And I think that's why the direction now more than ever is focused inward mm. because we're so worried about what everybody else is doing. <laughs> it's like, you know, that old saying, like, stay in your own mat. What's going on with you? Because when you're focusing on what you need and what's for your highest good, you're automatically offering what it was for others, highest good as well. You know, and it used to be this old spectrum of, you know, you're either self-sacrificing or you're selfish. And it's a, such a polarity of differences, right? But now there's this middle ground that we're coming into where you can have everything, where you can have soul care and self-care as well as care for others simultaneously. 
where you don't need to choose one side of the spectrum or the other. It really can be all. And the more people learn, I think, to honor themselves, the more easily they can also honor other people around them. But it's just such been such a distance for people with being able, able to even honor what they feel because we've been so worried about other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, but I just keep encouraging people, check in with how you feel, check in with what you need. Those things are really important. And especially as collectively we're working through these worthiness blocks. I mean, that seems to be the dominant energy and emotion that's happening right now in our world. So when you can find yourself and love yourself and find, you know, full acceptance of all the parts, all the shadow parts, all the flabby parts, all the parts, (laughs) and just love and deeply love yourself, you start to learn how to love other people in that same capacity. And I think right now, especially there's so much judgment happening in the world and so much finger pointing and shaming and blaming. And it's like, whew, I don't know about you, but you know, the split earth theory, (laughs) I'm like, when is this happening? So we cannot have to even witness this anymore because it's so painful witnessing people who are just really in it yet. And knowing that we can't really do much to elevate them. Like they have to be in it but it's almost like an intolerable um, vibration to even witness, um, you know, just because it, it just, you just see things like it doesn't have to be that way. And you know, we know better, but witnessing it for me is painful. I've had to try to work through releasing, you know, that ego attachment to it and, and trying to influence it in some way and just being like, nope, I got to focus on where I'm going and take the action steps to get there. You know, that's the other thing between the spiritual part of things is really understanding your inner worlds and your sense of self. But the other aspect is we do live in a, in a, you know, earthly plane where we do need to actively move in the direction of where we're going. So when you combine spirit and movement, that's where you're going to get, you know, where you're going. But until you can start to get clear of what you want, it's harder to move there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that, that work on yourself stay. I love stay on your own mat. I've always heard like stay in your own lane, but I love that yeah. stay in your own mat <laughs> um, clean up your side of the street. Right. And, and that also reminds me of a quote I heard that said like the, the lighthouse, you've probably heard it, but the lighthouse doesn't run around the Island looking for boats to save. It just mm. is the light. Wow. That. Yeah. It was like, oh my goodness, I've been running around trying to save everyone. I just need to be the light, which is like your ladder analogy, right? Just move up and invite people with you and just be the light. And you will be able to help more people that way in your family, in your community, as your job, whatever it is that you do. Um, So this actually brings me to something I was really wanting to touch on with you. And that's when... I have a lot of people in my community that know they're light workers. They've been undercover light workers, but through, you know, my content and their own soul journey, I keep saying like, we got to get you helping people. Well, who am I to help people? Right. And mm. so many people, and I'll just talk candidly, like the most messed up, I say that sort of, cause that's what they would say. Yeah. Those are the people we need. And so when I'm saying that to people, they're like, oh, I don't know, like, no way I, I couldn't help people. And, you know, even though they're sitting there telling me the most gorgeous truths and their story, and it's like, no, no, this is what helps people. So I'd like to talk for a minute about those people that see themselves in a role of helping people, but they don't know how that looks like and get overwhelmed when they start looking at life coach certification and this coach certification, and they're trying to put themselves in a box. They maybe don't have the confidence to really 
believe that they could help people. Um, yeah, just anything you have to say to help those people right now would be incredible. I think that the people that come in here with the biggest lessons and the messiest lives <laughs> are some of the most powerful people I've ever met. It's the ones that are kind of floating by and trying to talk about things that they haven't experienced yet. You can feel the depth of resonance in the ones who have walked the walk. <laughs> so I think I love th those are my favorite people are the ones that are in it, <laughs> you know, and really moving through their own shadow and their own dark and unearthing that stuff and excavating that stuff because people that have come in here to learn those big lessons and can understand that process intimately, make the best teachers, I think, because we get it. We've been there, we've walked through the fire, we've come through it unscathed, we know how to heal, and we can also shine light and illuminate that pathway for other people. Mm -hmm. And you connect through that, that resonant frequency of truth. Like, I see you, I see the pain that you're in, and I see that there's a pathway out and even just being offering guidance about that. It's not like we have to save people or help people. It literally is just taking on this perception of I'm just a guide and I'm, I'm kind of this, I'm a light to light the way and I'm going to illuminate this pathway. And it's really interesting because, you know, as manifesting works, when you stand in your truth and your alignment, things are drawn towards you of what you needing, you're needing. And it was really interesting Years ago, I was in meditation and I was asking about alignment and they showed me kind of planet earth, but it was more of a, like an energetic grid work around the earth. So they said, find the place that is most resonant with you. And it wasn't like a continent or anything like that. It was just like a place within this grid. And so I just sort of scanned the globe, this grid work of globe. And I found like that place is calling to me. And I sort of plugged in, almost like you'd screw in a light bulb into this place. And they said, within this alignment is everything you've ever desired. Everything you've ever created is here. But what happens is we're all over the place. We're flying around the globe. We're moving. We're, we're, we're nomads, you know, going all over the place, all these detours. And we're never actually in the alignment to receive things that are meant for us. So when you get in your alignment, everything is already there <laughs> that you've ever created. It's almost like just opening the door from the FedEx guy that's been delivering your packages for four months, you know? So I would encourage people to find their sense of alignment. And the more they can find who they are within, the more opportunities will automatically be drawn in. And the other aspect that I love is what did you do when you were a child? What were you really drawn towards? What lit you up when you were a kid? Because those are things that are very natural before they were suppressed, ignored, <laughs> limiting beliefs squashed them. It's like, what are those things that really felt good to you to do? And how can you incorporate that into your adult life? And what stagnates people is they get caught up in the details. Well, I don't have this yet, so I can't move forward. I need to do this before this can happen. And they automatically create all these obstacles and blocks of things that don't really exist until they place them there. Mm -hmm. So I always encourage people to number one, really get into your alignment, feel what, what feels best to you. And even if it's I know I just feel really good when I'm helping people. I know I would much rather work with women because the depth of understanding and emotion is there. That feels really good. Okay. So, and I know that I really want to have my weekends to myself. Okay. That feels good. So think more expanded perspective of what feels good as opposed to the details of I want to work in this building for this person, because then we limit ourselves and the universe's potential to co-create with us. 
you know, but again, when you get in touch with those emotions, how you want to feel, and then opportunities, you instantly become magnet for things that are meant to match that frequency. So I would encourage people to do that. And especially those people that want to help. We all can see the planet is in deep need of healing. And we see there's so much injustice happening right now and so much frustration. And if we focus there, that is adding to that compounding. If we instead focus on, we're going to be in our own light. We're going to continue to help ourselves feel good. We're going to elevate you're automatically helping and assisting the planet. In fact, there was a client that I was working with and it, this was a mind-blowing experience for me too, just to see this in action. She loves to help and she was helping people in her community. And energetically, what I saw was that was extremely helpful and fulfilling for her, but it had limits, right? Energetically, it travels so far and then it's stunted. But when she started doing vibrational work on herself, that becomes exponential. That force branches out and reaches out far beyond what we can see. So from her focusing on her alignment, her vibration, she changes the entire vibration of everyone she comes in contact with, which then changes their vibration, which then dominoes outward. So focusing within right now is not selfish. It is necessary to up-level this planet. So when you start to focus there, you will automatically become more clear on your purpose outside of that. It is more about being, you know, and being a certain way, being who you are authentically, being that. And the more we can claim who we really are and the truth of who we really are, that's where the magic happens. It's when we're trying to go outside of ourselves to meet expectations and to do what we think we're, someone else wants us to do or doing what's what's been done before us that we think resonates with where we're going. Everybody has the opportunity right now to come into such a deep sense of authenticity. And the more authentic people can be, the more easily things create around them. So, and again, kind of bringing it full circle is trusting in that process. You know, when you can be who you want to be and trust that everything is coming, it's so much peace. You're not chasing your tail anymore. You're just being and you're having fun and you're experimenting and exploring and just seeing what life can offer and finding joy in the little moments. I mean, when you do that, I mean, how many times have you gone on a trip and all of a sudden you get this windfall of cash flow coming and you're like, what? <laughs> because you were not thinking about all the details of stuff that usually gets in your way. You're free flowing, you're having some cocktails, you're out dancing in the sand, whatever you're doing. And all of a sudden everything just kind of happens because you're not creating obstacles. A lot of times it's just getting out of the resistance of creation because creation and resistance are opposite ends, right? You're either in one or the other <laughs> and creation is fun. It's expansive. It's breath. It's all this, you know, so the more you can be that and just see what happens. And, and it's so awe inspiring to witness how the universe shows up for you. It never gets old. And you're like, Oh my gosh, can you just believe that just happened? <laughs> you know? And the more you kind of play with it, the more you see the potential of it. And then it just becomes a joyful process. Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't know if you know the reason why this is called the Awakening Her pro um, podcast process. Well, it is that too. Um, I have something <laughs> just really quickly called the Her work. And that's exactly, I teach quantum manifestation. So it's Awakening Her, which is that version mm -hmm. of yourself, that authentic self. So we can use it like if you want to manifest a trip to Bali, you can embody the version of yourself that has already manifested the trip, that's 
on the trip, that's having the life, or we can do it as a full life thing, that authentic version, that, that highest you. And when we awaken her, we get to be her, we get to start, what would she be doing? And how would she be thinking about this? And I talk about physical embodiment, like getting in your car when you're driving somewhere and being her, have it being like your little being her capsule and I'll get in and my posture right away changes. And I decide what to listen to in the car from her, not from Talia, who's reacting to the day I go to her. So it's touches exactly on what you're saying is awakening that version of yourself because then the law of attraction if we're just going to even talk about one law the law of attraction is now mirroring back her energy not the you that was triggered the you that was suffering it's like that portal to that quantum leap because now you just are her in this moment even if it's for five seconds or five minutes or five hours you're her so now you're manifesting from a completely different place so I love that you said that because I'm like I don't even know if she knows exactly what she's saying <laughs> how applicable it is to my heart and to what I you know know to be true I love that so much. And when you think about that too, even embodying that future aspect, you're literally choosing that timeline for yourself because we have so many variations of timelines that we can travel. And when you're, when you're clear about where you're going, that's what will happen. Yeah. hundred percent of the time (laughs) you're choosing it. So that's where you're going. (laughs) So I love that in the embodiment of the present, because we know when we embody the present, you know, that's what's creating our future. So I love that sounds super potent. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's beautiful. And a lot of people teach similar things just kind of said in a different way. And that's kind of my way to like, cut through the crap and (laughs) just, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever you can be her, you know, and she'll also lead you to shadow work, she'll lead you to mentors. So you know, ultimately we're not trying to avoid any other tools. It's not like be her instead of tapping. It's like, she will lead you to the therapies or the tools or the people that you need. She will lead you in the bookstore to exactly what you need to buy instead of what should I buy? Right. And I notice that when I'm like, Oh, what should I do with my day? I should do this. I should do that. And then I stop. I'm like, what does she say I need to do? It's like, okay, get your work done and then go to the lake. I'm like, Oh, that is the perfect idea. Great idea. Her. (laughs) It's almost like, I mean, I I consider it like tapping into your higher self and that, that higher aspect of self and really embodying that part of things, because that's our our clear connection to all that is and source and all the wisdom and everything else. We just get cut off for that sometimes. So I love that practice of continuing to implement that in, because when you ground that aspect of self in that's Mm life-changing. Yeah. And you show up different, you know, like she, her shows up to these interviews. And so if Talia was having a rough day or Talia is distracted and I take a moment to go like, what would she do here to center herself or to be present on a call? It's like, I find that it, it, I don't know. It's like, it just helps me manage my ego because she has such a better perspective than the small self that is just trying to be positive, but is really bogged down with all the lack. She just like knows the truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she can just access that so much better. And yeah, it just really, it's, it's, it's super powerful. Um, Okay. So before we wrap up, we're talking about 
know, breaking through these illusions and, and, you know, really what reality is. And I kind of want to hear you talk just a bit more about that before we wrap up and like, what is true and what do you mean by that? Like the false, the true, I just, I want to hear everything. (laughs) Um, There was something that we started to touch on a little bit earlier. I'll just kind of circle back around with when I was comparing 3d and 5d, I call them kind of opposite day because a lot of what we experience here is not true. So if we feel like we look at our bank account and it's got less than what we think, we go into fear of lack, but in an, in an outer dimension, which is our true soul essence, which is we are divinely supported always, that's not true. And to kind of bring it into even um, kind of a more microcosmic way, I had a client who was having some experiences with her family and she's like, everybody's just being so mean. I don't understand what's happening. And we were in session and I went up and I saw in spirit, her family members, and they were purposefully triggering her to kind of nudge her soul into recognizing what she needed to be healed, right? So what appears to be one way in this dimension is something completely opposite of what's truly happening sometimes. So we tend to focus a lot of times on what's not working here without recognizing that there's a greater perspective that's always happening for our highest good, that's always supporting us, that's always helping us to manifest and create, that's always supporting every single movement that we make. So when we can remember that truth, as opposed to the things that we're witnessing here in this realm and recognize this is all just one big fat illusion. It's based on limitation of what we've been trained and taught. That doesn't need to be the only thing that is, but we can focus on there's something more happening here. And even if we can't comprehend it or consciously be aware of it, just feeling into that potential, you're like, oh yeah, all of this is happening to support me. And for, for to help me through all of this craziness. And if we focus on that truth, I feel like, you know, in simplest form, that's a beautiful way to move through all the bullshit that's here <laughs> and stay focused on what really, really matters. Uh, again, go back <laughs> for another time. Get this in your head. Um, I love that because so many people, and I know everyone listening to this show at one point or another has said, everything happens for a reason, right? So we know that things are happening on a deeper level for a reason. And I, again, the people that have been guided here, the people in your community, my community, like we know that deep down, but when you're in the lack and I love like the money or, you know, someone, something happens in relationships, it just is this huge trigger in a moment of like, they did what, or my what bill. And we default into the false the false idea that they are doing something wrong to me. This is bad. This is not good. This is, you know, I'm broke, whatever it is. It's such a quick reaction that our brain does and it needs to label it. It needs to make sense of it and tell you why it's true. But we know deep down everything happens for a reason. I love the story with your client is like, these people are here. They agreed to it. They signed up to agitate, to pick pick at you, to send you to your knees so that source can come in and re-infuse the truth that you already knew. So when you 
think they're bad or you think, oh, this person is always so this, you're right. It's fake. It's false. It's just the, the outside, right? It's like if we saw, a, I don't know why I just got this image of a statue covered in gold and inside was concrete. We could be like, that's a fully gold statue. That's the truth, but it's not the total truth. It just appears like that on the outside. And it, it the, yeah, I just, I absolutely love that. The truth is you're growing. The truth is you're triggered to find new truths, to dig and, and realize you've bought into something that's not real. So I just love how you break it down so clearly that that bill is not the truth of who I am or I'm broke in this moment is not even the truth. Like I paid it. It's fine. We're working through it. More abundance came. So it really wasn't the truth. It really wasn't the truth. And I can see that two days later, sometimes 30 years later, you're like, oh, you know, it wasn't the truth. Um, and it may have been true in that moment based on a past creation. And based on a really narrow view of yes. like what this person did is morally bad. And we go, okay, it's bad. And mm -hmm. it's such a tiny little peephole of what's actually happening. Yes. Yes. And so take that, that version of truth in this dimension and challenge it. Do I want to keep believing this? Because if I keep believing this, this is going to replicate in this exact same way. Or do I want to drop that off <laughs> and decide to choose to refocus and believe in something much more positive and in much more potential and just continue to focus and refocus and focus and refocus, even if you have to do it every two seconds <laughs> for days on end. The commitment to that process is life-changing and anyone can do that in any moment. And so when you feel into that sense of empowerment, I can do that. And all it takes is a dedication to myself and a desire to move into a better place. That's all, it, that's, that's all it's required of me. Yes, I can do that. And you do it and you see what happens. Mm. And it's life-changing. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was just, that nugget was just like, it just, you, the way you put it together was just so beautiful. And it's so, that is true. <laughs> what you are saying is true. I feel that. So what do you feel are the most common like lies for lack of better words that we believe about ourselves that you see with clients or just in general in the human journey? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of um, worthiness things coming up. I'm not accepted. I'm rejected. They have a lot of abandonment, rejection wounds. Um, there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. It's a lot of that sort of just small self belief systems that come through. That's why I focus a lot on belief systems because when you can recognize what is in the subconscious and kind of recognize how life is showing that or reflecting that to you, to be able to translate your experiences into wisdom, when you can start to do that, then you can take anything that comes your way and go, oh, I see what's going on there. <laughs> I can see through what's being presented to me here in this realm and see a greater perspective of what's really happening. And I can grow into, you know, more of my potential of, of things. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when you're recognizing what you believe is a really important facet. I'm a huge advocate, of course, of energy clearing because these belief systems are strands within our consciousness. They're stagnations within our energy centers. They are clogging our meridians. And so when you decongest the field of these things, making free will and choice is much easier because you're not trying to work through that level of congestion. Mm 
So when you can clear that and go, oh, that's it's just easier to choose this now because you're not combating all the old stuff and not carrying all the baggage anymore. You've dropped that off. You know, you can you can float much easier from that place. Um, and then focusing on your emotions and all the triggers and recognizing that that's just information and no one's doing anything to you. They're doing it for you, <laughs> for your evolution. And if you can see the positive aspects within anything, look for the wisdom in the situations you can continue to evolve because you know we're here to love to be loved and to evolved at its most basic form that's why we're here to you know to be in this crazy density <laughs> to live through all this hardship and to grow from it that's why we're here so when you're like oh i'm supposed to be on this path of growing and evolving and learning and and face planting and getting back up it's all good you know, then you kind of give yourself permission to accept and embody and embrace anything that comes your way with much more grace <laughs> than what we typically try to do with all of our, our contractions through it all. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answer your question. I feel like I got on a little tangent. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It, it's exactly, exactly perfect. And it, it's interesting because I always hear you're probably able to do this too, is being sensitive, being empathic. You can hear the person who's struggling and like what they would say to that. And like, I can often hear like, you know, if you're having a crappy day or a bill and it's like, oh yeah, it's easy to just try to flip it around for you or blah, blah, blah. But you get to a point where you just start getting gritty and like, I just don't want to feed that anymore. So yeah, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent or yeah, this bill was unexpected. Kind of going back to how you said this does feel crappy, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to stay here. And that's when you can truly access that pivot and that flip. And until then you might be trying to flip it, trying to mantra your way out, which is good. That's part of the path. But you realize one day you're like, uh, but I'm still holding on to those beliefs and I want to change it. And that's when that greater perspective can really come in and really feel like truth and shape you. Um, And I think that takes some time. I mean, maybe it's just me. I always feel like... As much as I sit here going like, I can teach you all the things, I really feel like it's, I'm such a, I don't want to say slow learner, but it feels like I have to do the same mistakes over and over to be like, fine. I was just, you know, I was trying to cut through, but fine, I guess, you know, it's like, I have to learn over and over and I had this one struggle money. It's funny. It's coming up a lot today, but a couple of years ago, I was like at a rock bottom and I was feeling like I can't even support my family and my job and all this stuff. And I had this moment with my spirit team and I was like, come on, like, what is with this with money? And they said, it's because you want to learn how to manifest money. You can't learn how to manifest money if we just give you all the money. And I was like, "Uh, what? (laughs) Like, but I want all the money. And they're like, exactly. So you have to learn how to create it. And I was like, ah, shit. And so here I am still learning how to create it. And it's definitely easier and better. And this momentum, it's just amazing. But I look back and I go, yeah, you you weren't ready to just have all the cash dumped on you because then you wouldn't have gone through the last five years of trying to learn. So sometimes it's even that. It's like you're calling out to be big, to be a teacher, to heal wounds, to heal traumas. We're not just going to give that to you. You actually came here to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. No, it's not like they're being mean or withholding. It's like, no, no, you came to learn. So if you want to like be a marathon runner, you got to learn how to run the marathon. You don't just get the medal for not doing it. 
So sometimes remembering that, right? Like, oh, this money stuff is coming back up because there's this little tiny thing I didn't learn or body image is going to come back up because I still am working on the deep self-worth. All right. You know, so it really is for you. You've called for this. You've prayed teach me how to manifest this, teach me how to love myself, teach me all this, right? So that's part of it too, why we got to struggle because you wanted to. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it is all the, all the layers and things that come up too, where I get that sometimes where people say, why am I going through this again? I thought I, I thought I dropped this off already. And I was like, you did. <laughs> it's just another layer. I mean, this, these wounds that we carry in these, these, you know, belief systems, these aspects of self are very compounded on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to just it's not like a cork that pops and you're clear of that forever and ever. There's certainly going to be layers to the personality that comes up that's needing different levels of clearing at different times, you know? And when we can see, and I think that we're constant perpetual students, I think of life, especially those of us that are teachers, we have to be really good students (laughs) because if we want to teach it, we want to learn it intimately. We have to walk through it. And I grew up with my mom always, why do you have to do things the hard way? I was like, just because I'm not following the herd, it doesn't mean I'm doing things the hard way. She's like, but you're suffering like all the time. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) But I think it's because we just really need to learn all the moving parts of these experiences so we can feel proficient, I think, at helping others to the capacity that we're desiring to help. Because we can just say something, but if we don't get it, if we don't have that embodied wisdom of it, it's not even going to translate. It's going to kind of go out of our mouths. It's going to fall flat. You know, it's not even going to resonate through, but when we can really feel it, know it with every fiber of our being like, Ooh, that's, that's hardcore growth right there, girl. I see you. I feel you. I've been there and you got this and you can identify that warrior within someone else because you've walked through that fire. It's such a powerful um, connection and, and things that you can build from that place. So I think those of us that are teachers are always going to be perpetual students, <laughs> always learning something new. (laughs) Yeah. And you hear people like always a student, but like when you think about it in this way, it's like, truly you're going to be always a student. And I just, (laughs) you're so right that like the people that have been through the absolute mud are the best teachers. And I just kind of thought of the example of someone who was, you know, given wealth from their parents, they can't teach you how to create money as well as someone who was brought up dirt poor and is a self-made millionaire or wealthy, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, if there's someone with all this shiny stuff and I'm like, how did you do it? And they're like, my dad gave it to me. It's like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) right. But how did you do it from the ground up? And it's like, Oh, let me tell you, there was like, I was on welfare. And then I I'm now more engaged because I'm like, Oh my goodness, you went from this to this teach me. Right. So Mm -hmm. just remembering if you're struggling, it's because you're being groomed to be the teacher that you know, you are (laughs) good times, right? Good times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the tears, yep. It's grooming you to be a teacher. (laughs) That's right. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for all of this. I truly feel like we could hang out over some tea and just talk for hours and crack open the universe. So we'll have to do that sometime. (laughs) That sounds amazing. I would love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure just kind of exploring all this, all the aspects with you today. So thank you. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, can you let everyone know where we can find you? Because I know they're going to want to. Yeah, so um, my website, jeanetman.com is the best place to find me. I also have a YouTube channel that I sort of, you know, go on little rantings of <laughs> different things, depending on what I feel inspired to create something or share something. Um, I also offer a free training on my website. It's under the free training tab. It's just a little webinar video about how to stop limiting beliefs from sabotaging your future. I also have limited spots for private work for people who are wanting a bit more kind of personalized support through their deep layers. Um, so I also offer programs for that, um, that we can discuss if people are interested. I'll put all of the links in the show notes as well. So make sure to find Jean and check out her stuff. That free training sounds amazing. I'm going to go grab that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you for tuning into today's episode and thank you for being someone who is committed to the light, committed to activating the life that they are meant for, awakening to their power and manifesting a beautiful experience. I am so excited that we got to connect. If you are a highly motivated seeker and you are ready to manifest the life that you're meant for, make sure to check the show notes where there's a link for private mentorship, including a special deal just for podcast listeners. I'll see you soon in the next episode.